Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Hodges Huddle Podcast, powered by KLSU and the Reveille. I'm Sean Larkin, joined by Nathan Long and Miles Cuss, and we have a very special treat for you in this episode. Former New Orleans Saints fullback Mike Carney was kind enough to join us to talk a little bit about the re-air of the 2006 Rebirth game and share some other awesome stories. Again, I can't thank him enough for being on with us. We had a blast having him, and I really hope you enjoy this as much as we did. Welcome in. Mike Carney, fullback from New Orleans Saints, 2004-2008. Played with the Rams, 2009-2010. Two-time Pro Bowler, 06 and 07, All-Pro in 06. Again, I just want to thank you for coming on with us. This is going to be awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, you bet. My pleasure. It's nice to meet you guys. Anyway, I can help. You said it's 5 Pacific time there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, out, I'm, out, I'm in Southern California. Well, that yes. must be nice. No, <laughs> actually, it's not. We, we, we've had uh, – it's been raining since yesterday, and it's not supposed to stop till Friday. So it's not as uh, beautiful as everyone thinks it as, is. Right as now. the pictures say. <laughs> yeah, because I see yeah. Breeze is on Instagram with his kids dunking yeah. it like 70 degrees and sunny outside. So I was like, is that, that what it is probably, all the time? <laughs> that was probably over the weekend because if he's, if, he's, if he's here in San Diego, which is about a little less than an hour south of me, I'm in South Orange County. Uh, he's got some rain too. <laughs> so those videos <laughs> so, are probably going to stop. So he's inside days. now. <laughs> so what have you been up to since all this, this coronavirus stuff's happened? I mean, this is crazy. Like there's no sports and we're all sports fans. Yeah. You're a sports fan. Like what has this been like for you? I mean, it. this is, you know, I was talking to my parents the other day about this. You know, they're, they just turned 70 this year and um, they're born 1949. They've seen, they've seen a lot of stuff now, right? I mean, they, they, they never experienced this. This is the first time they've experienced this in their lifetime. So uh, it's not something I think we're, you know, that's common, obviously. And it's something that um, no one has ever been through at least, you know, for quite a while. Obviously, our, probably our grandparents have. Was, I'm 38 years old. I got and a wife. I got a third rear and a kindergartner. And, you know, we're time school and sports and like football, baseball in it. And then it just came to a screeching halt. So um, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, I, you look around everywhere. Everyone's kind of doing the same thing, right? Just kind of on Zoom or FaceTiming just to say hi. I mean, there's not much you can do. Go to the grocery store, come back. That's, <laughs> that's it. it. I've made so, food runs. Stay inside all day. That's what I was yeah. doing. Before I got on this call, was uh, my wife had got back from Trader Joe's and the grocery store, and they had about 20 bags and stuff. Just trying to put it all on the outdoor fridge, indoor fridge, just trying to keep as much stuff stocked away as you can. Especially when you guys don't have kids, they they take. I get. You know, yeah, yeah. Have yeah. some time. Wait on that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> they take plenty of time. Have you had to teach the, the homeschool part? Like, how's that going? You know, my kids are in private school, so. It's been a little bit easier because they have iPads. You know, when you pay you know, tuition, you get they get iPads and laptops. I mean, these kids just have it way too easy these days. But <laughs> you know, they, they've been able to Zoom and and do all that. Have class sessions here at home. I think the the tricky part is just trying to get them to understand that hey, we're at home and you're having to do school at home. But that doesn't mean that during a Zoom session you can run around the house in between <laughs> presentations. Your teacher is giving you about something, right? Like you. I need to tell myself that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, we're constantly telling our kids, "Do you do this at school? (laughs) Do you get this upset? Do you run around? Are you running and grabbing a snack and coming back? You know, while your teacher's talking. You know, so it's that's been a bit challenging. But I mean, we. I think they announced today that our our schools here in California are done for the remainder of the years. Doing wow. this all the way through June, and then we're gonna get our, our tuitions worth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But we're, but we're doing it. <laughs> Same with us. We've been out. I yeah, think I summer school's online. It's just, yeah. and if that's the case in June, you know, who knows when everything's gonna come back? Like right. I said, you've never seen anything like this. I've never seen. I mean, they fought wars, and sports yes. still went on. You know, <laughs> they canceled what for a couple of weeks, probably for World War II. But this is just everything is stopped. And it was I, all so sudden. I mean. Nobody yeah, saw that, this coming. No one did. I mean, you kind of saw it. You kind of saw it brewing. You, yeah, I kept, you kept watching. If you watch the news, you kind of, but you just didn't expect it to hit the way it hit. And then just for people just to be in complete panic and paranoia. I mean, I understand if you're a person 65 and older, I mean, because this is really something that can be detriment to your health. You, you have any lying health conditions or situations you're dealing with. I, I mean, lots of people die from the flu every year. And I mean, I'm, I don't know about you guys, but 10 years ago was a swine flu. And I there were 60 million people. I remember that. Were infected with that. And, and I, I don't remember one thing shutting down. And so I just, I just find it. It's it's in, it's in, it's just it's interesting. I'm not into conspiracies, but I, I find it very interesting. 
Yeah, we'll get to that yeah. later. We'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> my bad, my bad. No, no, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's track, totally fine. Oh, no, I, I, I'm kidding with you. So we had yeah, – uh, I appreciate it. You know, this was, this was going to be a fun time for sports. I was in the camp, and, I mean, obviously I'm so wrong about this. I, I you know, thought this would all blow over, and, and we'd be yeah. looking back in April, and now it's <laughs> April. I was like, we're going to look at April 15th, 16th, and college baseball's canceled, the College World Series, and we're twiddling our thumbs in April. But I guess not. I mean, here we are. I know. Still, still I, I, I still think, though, that we will look back and still laugh at, you know, at some of it just, just, just because, you know, I mean, I think this thing is as fast as it, as it has hit us. I think it's as fast as it will eventually go away, you know. And if the, reports are, if the reports are coming out, I think that you're starting to see kind of, a, you know, we've maybe topped it. Hopefully. If that's Flatline the, decline. Yeah, maybe we can yeah. get this. That's thing my going. new my new saying. Flatline decline. Here we go. Let's go. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I've seen. I think New York said that they uh, they had seen like they're starting to go down. I said, all right, well, let's play. Let's 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 go. Down. Let's yeah. go. This would have been a fun time. Obviously, the national championship would have been last night. College basketball. I know. Masters week would have started. So this is like the worst time to cancel stuff. You know, opening day brutal for was a couple of weeks ago. The NBA yeah. playoffs were getting ready. Sad man, it's so sad. There, so there's nothing. They've had sports reruns of old games on. Yeah. I've, look, I don't like watching some of those because you know it's not the same. You know, I know the outcome. I agree. It's just not yeah. the same. It is cool to watch some of the older, older stuff. So like the, the yeah. 2012 Saints Chargers game when Breeze passed United. Yeah. Uh, that was on the other day, and I forgot that Greg yeah. Camarillo was even on our team, and he was on our team <laughs> for a couple of weeks. And and he said, was oh, open. He was yeah. open on the play, Sean. He could have been the guy that caught it. <laughs> he was. Instead, that's instead that's it was, funny. So that's cool to see some of those things. Well, I did watch yeah. last night, Monday night. I think everybody did. That's a Saints fan for sure. I mean, heck, even mm-hmm. some Falcons people watched. So I guess we'll start there. That was the first time I had seen – the full rebroadcast. I mean, I've probably seen the Gleason block a jillion times, but I haven't seen the rebroadcast of the game. Has, is that the first time you've watched the full rebroadcast of the game? Yes, it was. Oh, okay. It was the first time ever. Uh, like you just mentioned about yourself, I've seen highlights. As, you know, and obviously the highlight is pump block heard around the world, which is as it should be because it was you know one of the greatest plays, if not one of the if, if not the greatest play. Uh, you know, sports history for sure, but, and, you know, New Orleans Saints history, number one, you know what I mean, when it comes to just, you know, what that embodied. But, yeah, it was my first time watching it, and it was with with my kids. You know, I, I didn't have kids when I was playing. You know, my, my boys were able to watch, you know. Uh, they, they probably watched for about five minutes. And they, were, uh, they wanted to watch – they wanted to play Fortnite, and they wanted to play other things. I'm like, do you guys not understand what you're watching here? You know? forget, forget your dad. Like, you're watching sports history that will be here when I'm gone and you're gone and for everyone else after that. You know I mean? It's, it's going to be something that people are going to always watch. Okay, Dad. <laughs> okay, sure, but when can I go? Can I go yeah. at halftime? And, yeah. and like uh, Michael Vick and Reggie Bush were like FaceTiming the other night. And I yes. Saw it and yeah, I uh, saw it. Vick's like after the first play, uh, I knew it was done. Was it really the loudest <laughs> yeah. you've ever seen it? Yeah, you know, it was- I can't – yeah, I can't speak for – you know, there's been other moments. You know, the other time was the divisional game against the Eagles. Yeah, when Deuce was loose. You know, we won that game to go to the NFC Championship game. That was pretty loud. I was obviously not on the team when, you know, the game winner, um, Garrett Hartley, you know, against the Vikings to go to the Super Bowl. I can just say between the two the two games I was a part of, the rebirth and the divisional game, by far the rebirth yeah. is the loudest yeah. I've ever seen. And um, when you went out into the warm-ups, it was already pretty much filled out, the whole stadium. When you walked out an hour, about two hours before the game, that's how pumped all the fans were to be back. And I remember seeing Wayne Gandy and some old teammates that had been on the Saints team the year before. Uh, Ashley Ambrose was actually an assistant coach with the Falcons that year, a DB's coach. I was a teammate with him in 04. You could just see the look in their eye that they knew that they were there to be it. sacrificed. <laughs> that was it. You could just see. And Wayne Gandy's a grown man. You know, he was, he was I mean, at, that, at that point in his career, I think he was like in his 15th or 16th year, and he looked spooked. You know, like they knew that this was just, and there was other players you could see in warmups, and you could see it in their eyes when we were playing them. You know that they were just, we're just here to hang out. We're just gonna be here. <laughs> this and is us. Take, do yeah. what you got to do for three I hours. Mean, that's really <laughs> exactly. And you look at the game last night. Algie Crumpler drops a touchdown pass. Michael Jenkins, the receiver, <laughs> drops one, even though it was called a pass interference. And then, you know, the sack fumbled by Fajita right before the block the, punt. 
Brian that Brian Scott, Scott could have scooped and scored it, and then then the rebirth, you know, that block punt by yeah. Gleason never. So so many things, just the stars aligned, right? And um, it was it was our night. You know, I tweeted it a couple times last night, like, oh, and the block still goal. We had a block yeah. punt and a block still goal. We had we had so yeah. many things. It was our night. I mean, I remember just thinking that that was a, it was our night. Just keep playing. Just keep doing what we're doing. This this game's ours. I tweeted out after that game was over. I said, you could have ran the 72 Dolphins in there that night. They wouldn't yeah. have had a chance. No. I remember it was fun being 2-0, and but there was that yeah. unknown. But I knew that one. I, I said, there's no way they lose this game. I, you know, the Falcons have – I can't tell you how many times I've watched and just been so frustrated watching Michael Vick run all over the place. No, I know. What, what they me. did to him, what y'all did to him for two games that year, the second game was the game where he's coming back out of the tunnel and flipped the fans off. He was so mad or whatever. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was that was in Atlanta, yeah. That, that's when we blew him out at like 30 or 40 points on that game, yeah. So both of those games yeah, – 31 that year, Yeah. That game, everything worked. We watched a broadcast. It sounded like no disrespect to Tony Kornheiser. I was telling Miles this oh, yeah. earlier. <laughs> we're 2-0 and and, and we're blocking the kick. You know, he says – Look, it's cool, you know, they're two and oh, but you know, they're just they're having to block kicks and, and do all these end arounds and that's why you know, it's cute, I guess. It was almost like they still kind of didn't believe, you know, like this it was a feel good story, but I, I guess they didn't think this team was for real. So in training camp and preseason, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, it, it was a mess. It it felt like a mess a little bit. Like a the, mess. A big mess. It just didn't seem like great way to put it. I you know, one of the worst memories from that year is it wasn't losing the championship game. Yeah, that, that I mean, you, you win and lose games. It was training camp, man. We were in Millsaps, Mississippi. Yeah. I remember our trainer went up to Sean Payton and goes, Coach, the heat index is 128 degrees. Oh, effing tell you when I have time to get the guys <laughs> off the field. I remember looking at him like, I mean, we had guys who had molded cleats, you know, the molded cleats. They were melting oh, man, on the was, field because Millsaps had a field turf. On it it, it, it field. was so hot we, at Millsaps. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous, and every preseason game we played, and it was just a, a mess. I mean, against the Colts, we had you know we had Peyton Manning. We played, we played at, was it Jackson State, I think we played at against mm-hmm. the Colts. Yeah, the first game was in Tennessee. Then we played the Colts at Jackson State. Dallas was in Shreveport. It was a mess. And you're right, we came out of training camp that year, like going. I guess we'll just find out who we are. You know, <laughs> we got, the, but we we did feel we had the right nucleus of guys. We did feel like we had, from the previous regime of Hazlitt, the holdovers, the Horns, the McAllisters, the Conwells, you know, Gleason, myself, you know, yeah, Will Smith. Yeah, you got to have Will Smith. And then the additions of Drew, Reggie, Vegeta, Seminole, Hollis Thomas. Evans, um, Harper. Evans, yeah. I mean, you go on and on. Marcus Colson. I mean, so we knew we had the right group of guys. The guys previously knew it, what we wanted to do. We wanted to change the culture. The new guys coming in embraced it. They really did. And we'd had the great – we had the right group of guys. We just didn't know how it was going to go. I mean, we, we, we were working hard. Uh, we were all getting along. Probably one of the best teams that I was ever part of from that standpoint. And so, yeah, we went into that, that first week one in, in Cleveland. Just like, I guess we'll just kind of throw it up on the board and see what sticks, you know. Yeah, it, it, the Cleveland yeah. game, and then they go to, you go to Green Bay the next week. So you're 2-0 yeah. and you're coming home. And it, I guess from what you just told me, maybe Kornheiser was right to believe that. You know, it's like, hey, this is a feel-good story. And then, <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you look at you look at 05. I mean, you can only base off what 05. We were 3-13. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we were not the Saints. We were still considered kind of the Aints at that time. And, you know, the, the, he, it was, was it a freak thing? And we, it, we ended up proving that it was not a freak thing it was a really we had a we had a successful year and and we got man so much better after that game I had so many people call me and text me saying that game was kind of it was a guy was so great to watch it but it was kind of a slow boring game <laughs> like one one person said Sean Payton you guys are on the three yard line he kicked the field goal like nowadays he just goes for it on fourth Absolutely. down wherever he, mm-hmm. even if he's backed up on his own 20 yard line I go yeah that, that was the era of football back then it was just hey Get points when you can. You know, if we can kick a field goal, we kick a field goal. That, that was just how the game was. And, and I think Sean wasn't, you know, as confident as he is now. And he, he was still kind of feeling out his way as a head coach and a play caller. But, he, you know, he's been a play caller before. He's an offensive coordinator for previous mm-hmm. years. But to be a head coach and a play caller is, big, is a big difference because you're in charge of the whole ship. You're in charge of running the special teams, making sure defense is doing their thing. And then you're in charge of calling call play. So I think, you know, a lot of growing. But, I mean, I tell you what, that game really catapulted us for the rest of the year. So describe that night. Like before the game, did somebody in the locker room say anything like pregame speech type? Because I know Drew does all that stuff now. Was Joe Horn that guy back? Did he do that? 
from before this game? Was it one of the holdovers from 05? Did you, did they somebody talk yeah, to you? Yeah, I I can't specific. I was so zoned in, man. You could have brought in Jesus Christ. You could have brought in <laughs> Santa Claus. There was nothing that I needed to be motivated. And so I remember the first play I was in, I hit their defensive end, and I had so much blood rush to my head for being so jacked up. And, and just the adrenaline was just flowing. that My legs went limp when I hit the guy. I was like, what the heck is going on here? But it, you, you, I mean, I can't remember. What, I'm sure Joe, Joe was always that guy. Then Drew ended up taking over that title. But Drew would do it anyways if Joe was doing it. You know, I, I don't, I can't specifically say one or the other. But I, I think they both said something, but it didn't, for me, it didn't matter. I mean, it was like, I mean, it was time to go out there and, and get and win this game. We were so focused. We were so jacked up all week. I think there was more pressure and more anxiety for this game than any game I've ever been a part of because we just wanted to win so bad. Not just, not, we don't want to win just for ourselves, but there was so much riding on, winning it for the fans, the people, everybody throughout the Gulf region that went through the Hurricane Katrina. So definitely Joe, definitely Drew, I'm sure it said something, but. It, it, it just it didn't matter <laughs> yeah. that's the most fullback thing i've ever heard is i don't care i just hit that guy really hard and got <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah that's all i needed to hear yeah i got really excited I mean, when i hit that guy hard <laughs> now, were you sometimes bo- that happened I mean. <laughs> so were you more focused for that game or the game before dallas because let's be honest the uh-huh, dallas exactly. game you know you're everybody's you know hero what, after that game oh i know i know <laughs> you, know what, you, know what, you know what it's funny about last night's game is, why are you limping i go because I tore my calf against Cleveland week. I completely Ooh. tore my right calf. It's, it's still uh. deformed. I tore, I tore the gas straw. And I, I was told I was going to be out for a month. And I said, no way I am missing <laughs> a month. That's full I said, That's fullback mentality. I, will, I, will, I love I, it. I will. I mean, I literally could not get on my toes. So I was like, I'm definitely out next week against Green Bay. So I'm not going <laughs> to play against Green Bay. But I am not missing September 25th game against the Falcons. I am gonna be, I'll do whatever I have to do. So I ended up rehabbing around the clock the next two weeks to get myself ready. And I was able to get myself ready with a calf sleeve and a bunch of flex all. <laughs> and I went out and played that game. And I limped throughout the game. I was pretty much blocking on one leg. Uh, I remember a couple of times I felt it re-tear re- throughout the game. And it's, some, it's actually an injury I had to play with throughout the whole season that eventually scarred down. So I was focused on that, getting myself ready on top of everything else that came up with that that game, the rebirth game. But the Dallas game, you know, that's when we – I mean, the game before that against the Niners, that's when we started to really, I think, as an offense, really yeah. started clicking all 10, cylinders. Yeah. yeah, and Reggie had four touchdowns. And, man, we were running it and we were throwing it. And um, we were – awesome. I think we were starting to peak. And then we went to Dallas. And all I remember throughout Dallas, the week of Dallas was Sean Payton just telling me, hey, man, they don't cover the fullback in the flat. Hey, man, I'm telling you, they don't cover the fullback in the flat. I go, do you know how many times I've been – I've played fullback my whole life since I was seven years old. Do you know how many times I've been told you're going to be open in the flat? And every time I'm open, the quarterback never throws it. And when he does throw it, I catch it and get blown up. <laughs> yeah, I was just letting – I was literally, guys, letting this – what he was telling me go one in here out the other. I was like, I am not going to – I just kept going, mm-hmm, okay, coach, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's like, Did you, do you hear me? They don't they, – I'm telling you, ben, I, was, I was just on this staff last year. They do not cover the fullback on the flat. I'm like, I got you, coach. But I just – I didn't want – I didn't want to get, like, complacent. Like, oh, yeah, if I, like the ball, if I get in the flat, guess what? I'm going to get the ball. You know, it's just horrible. You can't do that to a fullback. It's That's like, it's like dangling a carrot, you know? You can't give fullback a hope. piece of meat. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, he was right, you know, Martin, five receptions. Second, run third, you know? So anyways, it's something, something about that week, though. Everything was just, for me personally, was, was working. I felt great. I felt recovered. It took a lot of us to recover from from Millsaps, man. I mean, it, it took a lot. It took us probably half the year to recover from getting our bodies back from Millsaps. We were beaten down. We were beaten into a pulp. I mean, that was like a big thing. I was like, oh, man, how am I going to get my body back ready for the season? But anyways, but I had I had my body. I felt my body come back. I felt so good that week. I don't know what it was. And then Sean in my ear telling me to float and cut the float in the flag. We had some plays in. We had, you know, our typical plays in. We had some – we had some – I did notice in film study, Dallas Arcells at that time loved the 3-4. And I watched the game before. I believe they played against the Redskins. And the fullback was Mike Sellers for the Redskins. And he kept gashing them on just a little belly play. There's a little fullback give right over the right guard. And I was like, you know what? They are not they, – they, they have let this guy throughout this whole game get a ton of yards off the right guard. So I was telling Jari Evans all week, hey, man, if I get this ball, I'm coming right down the middle of your back. And Jari was, a, you know, a rookie with wide eyes. Oh, okay, Mike, you know. <laughs> Funny story about him, by the way. Anyway, oh, um, good. So, and lo and behold, we get in the game, 
and they call fullback belly. I forget the name. It was like 30 belly or whatever it was. And then boom, five, five, six yards right off the right side. That's a hundred. And I think we ran, I think, I think, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think we ran a couple of times that game, but I couldn't believe it. I'm like, holy crap, I'm watching all my film study is paying off and they haven't (laughs) fixed it yet. (laughs) Here we are. Obviously they didn't catch it on their film study. So, but I I, I don't know what my stats were. I carried the ball. I got him right here. (laughs) He's got it. Five reception, 39 (laughs) yards, two receiving touchdowns, and then three carries for 14 yards and another touchdown. Okay. That's that's right. Three carries. Yeah. That was a night. That was a night. Were Michael Jordans and Kobe Bryant's, you know, some of these great players. I was in the zone. That was yeah. the one. I, I was in the zone, dude. There, every, I, everything I touched, blocked, caught, ran. I mean, everything went. I didn't run the goal line. I ran over Brady James on a, on, a, on our goal line. Deuce ran to the goal. I ran over Brady James, uh, LSU Tiger. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> everything I did, Tiger. everything I did in that game, it just was turned to gold. That's all I can say. It was like another rebirth game, but it was the fullback. It was awesome. There were some some wins, like I said, the Niners game. We had some duds in there, yeah. like Cincinnati at home was Washington. Oh, uh, Washington. Cincinnati was a was a trap game. The Washington was another trap game because that was after the Dallas, Dallas game. game. It's come off a huge high, yeah. But that Sunday night game was the first time the Saints had been on national television since the Monday night yeah. game. Al Michaels, during the game, I think in the third quarter, says, oh, the Saints, huh? they must be for real. So that was kind of, the, I guess, yeah. the game where we arrived on the national scene. Because 3-0 yes. you know, was a feel-good story. Now this team's 9-4, and four, and they're the two seed in the NFC. Right. That game, Peyton goes for the onside kick. We're up 35-17 in the third quarter, and he onside <laughs> kicks. And they pan to Parcells, and Parcells' face is just mm-hmm. mad. And then Peyton, like the little cool movie, just hand on the headset, mm-hmm. like, let's go. We're back on offense. Oh, yeah. You said that week for you was awesome. What do you think that week meant for him because of the Parcells deal? Oh, man, that for him, it meant everything. I think he he, he was – Sean that week was on edge, too. He wanted to put it to Bill Parcells. I, I know it's his Heck mentor yeah. and his, his, you know, like the guy that he looked up to as a coach. But Bill Parcells, you know, he, as a head coach, he's tough on his assistants. And I don't know if you watch some old clips of Bill Parcells, but he – He's mean. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> mean mug and Sean. Scared. Sean. So Sean finally was like, hey, I'm the little kid in the closet that used to beat down a little, you know, stepchild, and now I got my own team, and guess what? We're going to beat you down. And I, I, So I think for Sean, that was a statement game for him, absolutely. Did he say anything before the game? No, he, he just had ex- – he had some extra spice to his speeches. He had extra pep in his step. He had a lot more juice flowing definitely for that week. <laughs> I, think he, I think he wanted to show Bill – he didn't want to show Jerry. He didn't want to show the Cowboys – he wanted to show Bill that, hey, you know, I can do this thing too. So we're going to win this game, but I'm also going to throw some jabs in there with the onside Man, kick. So. There was a fourth and one on the 50 round seven up, and they ran the end around to Devery Henderson. So you're talking about it in week three, and here we are. You can see it's he's starting to get a little confidence in the play calling, and then the onside kick obviously leads to what he's doing now. Yesterday, the all-decade team comes out for 2010. Mm-hmm. And I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw this, the, but Drew Brees was not on there. It was Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I understand why Tom's on there. Uh, Is it possible – I'm going to ask you this. Is it possible for a person that has every major statistical passing record to still be either underrated or disrespected or underappreciated? Because that's – to me, every time one of these lists comes out, they had the NFL 100 list, had 10 quarterbacks. He wasn't on there. And then now this – the decade list yesterday comes out, and he's got every yards, touchdowns, completions, completion percentage of the decade. He's got those, and he's not on there. Is it possible to still underappreciate Drew Brees? I, I guess so. I don't know why. <laughs> why? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't know why. I mean, here's my thing the, the, with the 100-player thing. I, I can understand the argument. You know, 100 years of football. I mean, there's some, there's some – I mean, Troy Aikman was left off that list too. Uh, you know, I think he should have been on there. I think Drew should be on there, but there, I mean, it's a tough one. But the all two thousand all decade, he was. It didn't dawn on me. I saw the post, you know, of the, the guys that were on there, but I, I just assumed Drew was already on there. I, I didn't, I didn't know that. But I, they picked Aaron Rodgers over Drew Brees. I have no idea why. That, that makes no sense whatsoever. I don't know. People are me. The media is somewhat obsessed with Aaron Rodgers for whatever. One hundred percent agree. <laughs> You yeah, are 100% I don't know. Correct. I don't know if it's because I don't. Look, know, it's I don't the know talent. It's it's, you know, I don't know if it's because he followed Brett Favre's. You know, you know, he was the guy that took over for Brett Favre. I don't know what because you know the media is obsessed with Brett Favre too. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. He's on one of the golden that, teams. That's 
that's horrible that he was left off that list. Horrible. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers to me is one of the most physically gifted quarterbacks of all time. Oh, absolutely. He does, he does maybe the most. He yeah. Had, yeah, absolutely. From a from a mechanicals arms talent, he's better than Drew Brees from that standpoint, yeah. right? But not with what Drew does otherwise. I mean, I I can't believe that. That's crazy. Yeah, it, it, I was just mad all day yesterday about it. It, it doesn't make any sense. No, I mean, it, 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 it makes no sense. It well, does. Sean's defense, he's been mad for three months. I, mean, <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, I, Sean's just been mad the whole time. There's I, no sports. I, I, uh, yeah. I mean, I, and that's just something to be more mad about. And it, every every list that comes out, I shouldn't be surprised that he's not on it. I mean, I'll never underappreciate him. I mean, this is obviously going to be his last oh, no. go around. Do you have a favorite Drew story or moment where you're just like, man, this guy? This is he's something different. You know, there's a lot when it comes to Drew. Drew, Drew, and I, we, we <laughs> my running backs coach. When he, so when when Sean Payton came in '06, a new staff came in with him, right? And so we had a guy by the name of George Henshaw. He was a tight ends coach in Tennessee for a lot of years with Jeff Fisher. And I'm wondering, like, who's this tight ends coach we're getting for the running backs coach? Because the previous year, I had Johnny Rowland, who was Walter Payton's coach for nine years. And Johnny was one of the best coaches I've ever had, hands down, period, to this day. So here's George Henshaw. And George had this West Virginian accent. And he would say, not over there, over there. So me and Drew would always joke with that when it came to George Henshaw. Like, hey, Drew, I'm opening the flat over there. Oh, I'm there, over there. And so, we, you know, I have a jersey in my room upstairs, memorabilia room, where Drew Drew puts that on there. You know, over there. <laughs> yeah. Fofo. You know, he called me Fofo. F-O-F-O. Fofo. What's up, Fofo? You know, so, no, Drew, you know, I think the big, the best thing and the one thing that I always cherish about Drew is that he's real. He doesn't take himself seriously. He's a class act. What you see is what you get. I think I get more of those questions from – People I've met in our community, people since the time I've been done, hey, is Drew really who he is? I'm like, yes, he is. And he, you can't say that about everybody. Uh, he really is that guy. I mean, he's a great family man. He's a great leader, obviously the quarterback. So, But, I, I you know, I, I, the Saints have been out here the last two summers practicing against the Chargers, which is like yeah. 30 minutes mm-hmm. from my house. So I've been able to see Drew both years. And, it's, you know, he, he, he comes out of his way to see me. You know, he, he had a bunch of cameras around and walking up off the field he did the quarterback challenge with philip rivers those are awesome <laughs> yeah you know he just i didn't even say his name it just kind of caught his attention with my you know looking at him and he just went beeline right to me you know so he, he he's he's that way with everybody especially if you play with him and if you've only i mean i get i get a ball you know we got a ball from him. he broke the all-time i got a ball i got a ball hey 36 receptions yeah you know, there you go hey, as hey. a fullback that's what I'm talking. I got a ball. That's a lot. I had two. You know, so how, how many rushing yards? Ninety-nine. Nine. We were talking oh, about oh, it. No <laughs> close to the century. What, ha- what happened? Just what? give me a hundred yards. They gave it to Tom Brady. I mean, they can't give yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, did you had nine? We looked that up. Ninety-nine, and we wanted to work it in because I mean, I know, is there a play? You just gotta go back and look at the tape. Like, hey, I could have got that extra yard right there. Did somebody? I guess. Play? I guess. It, I guess it should have been in Dallas. I should have got an extra carry or something. I don't yeah. know where yeah. it's going. I don't know. It was always third and one. When I got the ball. <laughs> yeah. That's and then guess what? You get the yard. If you don't get the yard, it's, it's no gain. So that's yeah. probably what happened on one of the deal. Or I got a loss, third and one, and I took it for yeah. two. You know, I got it, minus two. You know? Yeah. Uh, Drew wasn't the only one left off of the uh, all-decade team. Oh, yeah. We also noticed that uh, fullbacks were left off. Yeah, yeah. And we were not very happy. If if you had to say someone, about that. if you had to say somebody who could have been on that, who would it have been? You know, I didn't play. I, my last season was 2010, so I can't say. I you know, I love. We'll I, I would. I would love to say uh, myself. Um, the, well, the the Sunday night game alone in 06 is going to put you on the decade team from 2000 to 2010. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fine. That's, that's the that's gr- fine. that might yeah. be the greatest individual I, performance in Sunday night football history. So yeah, <laughs> so you're in yeah, there for true. that decade. That's fine. True. You're in. You've got um, that spot. You know, I think the game. It, it's hard to put a guy. I, I hate to say this. But it's hard to put a fullback in there because of just the. The game was in such transition the last 10 years, guys, with the concussion situation, the safety issues. The fullback position was kind of – I remember my, my last year in St. Louis, we drafted Sam Bradford one in a while. I was like, I'm, I'm out. I'm done. You know, we're going to start throwing this ball all over the place. And we did. I, I mean, the previous year I was playing 25, 30 snaps a game 
in 2010, I was thinking I was averaging maybe 10, 12, maybe, you know. And so the position kind of got phased out in the last 10 years for a lot of reasons. But there's one guy I put in there, and he's a personal friend of mine. He had a great career, and, and he ended up finishing up in Baltimore, Va- Vontae Leach. There I would is. put Vontae Yes, we were talking about him earlier. <laughs> uh, Vontae was – he was like, you know, he was, know, six game. He was he, at it. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he was actually, playing. when I hurt my calf, he got cut by Green Bay. And then they brought him in just to make sure I was okay, going to be okay to play. So that's and why. One, yeah, one, yeah one, we were wondering yeah, why then, he was on there. Yeah. And then when I, when I was able to, to, to show that I could play and practice that week leading up to that game, they let him go. And then he ended up going to Houston and his career, mm-hmm. I mean, just blew up from there. I mean, yeah. Houston was a perfect spot for him. So he and I always joke about it. I, on my Instagram story, he's like, I was at that game. Remember that? And I was like, <laughs> I know, man, I'm so sorry about that. You know, but it, look at what you got the better end of the stick, dude. You played longer and you got a Super Bowl championship in Baltimore. I didn't get nothing. So, you know, we just, I would say he would be the only guy I would say that, that would be worthy of going in. But other than that, you know, based on what I just said about you know, the, the position being phased out in that, in that decade due to the, just the, the change in, in, in the health and the safety of the game. And you said, like, you know, good friend Leach and everything. So we always wonder, yeah. do fullbacks get together, like, once a year, every single fullback? <laughs> you all have, like, message? I think we <laughs> wish we do. I mean, my mentor was Lorenzo Neal. Oh, uh, what a me and Lorenzo are very, very close. And I used to, my senior year in college, we came out here to California. Uh, I was interviewing agents prior to the season. And the agent I was interviewing, he had a guy on the Chargers. And Lorenzo had just signed with the Chargers. And so I was like, this guy is the greatest player. Like, I've been watching this guy for years, especially when he was in Tampa with Mike Allstott. And so I ended up going out of my way and say, hey, Lorenzo, I'm a senior in college at Arizona State. I'm looking to go into the National Football League next year. I, I really want to learn from you. I want to come work out with you. He's like, hey, no problem. Get my number. Get my number. So we ended up getting together and creating a friendship. And I used to go out to Fresno and work out with him in the offseason during my pro career. And, we, you know, we still stay in touch. So he's on Instagram and Vontae's on there and Tony Richardson. So a lot of us stay in touch that way. But, okay, no you know, they're, they're, we do we do with this make fullbacks great again thing. Yes. Right? Um, yes. You know, the fullback who's now with the Falcons, unfortunately, Keith Smith. He was the, the Cowboys prior and the Raiders. He reached out to me prior to this this past season in 19 and said, hey, I've I'm, I'm got this thing in advance. Let's make fullbacks, let's make, make America great again. I'm taking advantage of this and making fullbacks great again. So he had a website and T-shirts and hats, and he sent them out to everybody that had played the position before him and, and who was currently playing it. And so it's caught on. And so with that, with that, you know, we, you know, I, I've all season I posted something about when Juszczyk did something good, when Derek Watt did something good, you know, when uh, Guy in Green Bay did something good, you know, we were, we were always posting in our stories and, you know, tagging that, make fullbacks great again. So that's kind of brought us all back together. Slowly but surely. Now when this is all yeah. over, you need to just find a place like a convention. Yeah, we do. We can see and that hang out for like a weekend. You know, and figure out what we're going oh, to do. That's a great idea. To, you know? Golf tournament. Event. Golf tournament, maybe, maybe, maybe hit some soil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, do yeah, that. We, we, do, we do joke about make fullbacks great again. Unfortunately, the fullbacks today are not the fullbacks of old uh no. you know we're you know we're you know the fullbacks today aren't short anybody's neck right yeah uh you know that was our that was our, that's the only thing i thought about was shorting people's necks and, and running my head down someone's <laughs> into someone's jaw you know i love kyle Yushek. i respect his game but he he's a velcro guy you know he's mm-hmm. a position blocker he's just gonna kind of do what he's gotta do to get you get you blocked where you know the era i came up in with lorenzo mike and tony Allstott. richardson and mike allstott and, and max i love mike allstott william, william, william henderson and and then Vontae and I came in, and you know we had a great group of guys to learn from. But it was, man, it was three yards in a cloud of dust, man. We were trying, to, we weren't just trying to block you; we were trying to devastate you. We, we were trying to take your will, and so that's just, you know. But we're happy to see the positions that, that it's still out there, and we, hey, no better exactly. way to, to celebrate it. That is awesome. Now they're just running out in motion and catching balls and stuff. I'll say it for you. They're soft. <laughs> You're now. soft. Yeah, they, they are a little softer. I, I, you, you said it first, though. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's fine. Just whenever all this is over, y'all can meet up and golf and hit sleds and just talk about the Yeah, so we we'll, definitely will do that. I got one thing left, I guess, and then we'll get you out of here. We don't I got one more. After don't worry. I got, yeah. I, got all the, I got all the time in the world, so you guys go ahead and take uh, Get away from the kids. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, exactly. I haven't gotten a like, – and I haven't gotten a look through the mirror, the window saying it's dinner time yet. So, still right. rushed. So, in, uh, you were with the Saints in 08, and there was another person with the Saints in 08, uh, defensive line coach Ed Ogeron. Did you have Ed, any experience with Coach O? Okay, so I got a great story about Ed. So, I see that Ed is hired 
by the Saints in the you know winter or spring of 08. And I, I go back. This is when we had a real offseason. It's like you got back. You went back in March to do offseason stuff. Now you don't go back to like April something. So I go up to Ed because in my college years at Arizona State, Ed was at USC. Yes. He was a D-line coach. Always respected him from afar because he always had dudes that were bad A, man, great players. And I always loved his intensity and I always loved, respected, the, you know, just how he coached. So I, I show up the first week. I walk into the, to the Saints facility and I see him come out of his meeting room. And I just beeline right to him. Hey, Coach O. He's like, uh, hey, hey. <laughs> What's going on? And I was like, hey, man, I just want to introduce myself. I'm the fullback. My name is Mike Carney. Uh, you might know who I uh, You might the name might or might not. I said I was a fullback at Arizona State. He goes, fullback? Fullback at Arizona State? I said, yeah. I said, yes. Mike goes, you, you, you were a hell of a player. You were a hell of a player. <laughs> to meet you. It's great to meet you. You know, and, he, and from that point on, it was, you know, he, he, he and I were really cool. You know what I mean? But he's like, you were a hell of a player. You were a hell of a player. I remember playing against you. We always had the game plan against you. You know, he's just going crazy, you know. So and, he uh, he game plan for you, unlike Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coach was like, oh, the we, curve. Uh, we know exactly who you were. We, we played against you. We know exactly who you were, you know. And he was awesome. just going crazy. And I was like, that's pretty cool. So you guys actually at USC at that time, because Pete Carroll and, you know, that was when that was like white liner pushed and they were just yeah. blowing everybody out. He knew who I was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he was like, he, uh, I'll never forget. You, you a hell of a player. You, you a hell of a player. Were you cheering for and him in the natty? Absolutely. How could you Okay, not? good. Yeah. Yes. 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 Although I do love Dabo Sweeney. I think he's a great yeah. Oh, of I course. Love of course. As, as a yeah. coach, I wasn't rooting for Clemson, but I respect Dabo Of course. How could you not root for Coach O? I mean, mm -hmm. I was messing around with my kid. Like, hey, Coach O. I remember I did, I did that. I remember I did that after one of our games in 08 to his wife and she goes that's actually pretty good you know we don't get we get a lot of people that make you know that try to imitate them and that, that, that was pretty good I was like, yeah, oh, all right. oh, yeah it's, it's, so. it's not bad i remember going to Millsaps in 08 you know they had i think it wasn't when y'all would too. go in the stadium they, they had the practice fields out there too well you could hear yeah. him like three or four practice fields down <laughs> Just, oh my God! You yeah. couldn't hear what he was you know saying. What? You just heard. Ah, yeah. What the hell are you You know, he he only lasted one year. I think he learned in that year because he was coaching guys in the pros, like he coaches in college, and guys in pros just don't want to hear it, you know, like yeah. that. You know, I mean, I remember remember Bobby McRae. Yeah. Oh, came from Jackson. Absolutely demolished Kurt Warner. Yeah. He. <laughs> my favorite memory of that is during games is that. He would always go, Bobby, 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 Bobby. <laughs> he just, he, all he would say is Bobby, Bobby. And it drove Bobby McCray crazy. I, that was probably the one guy that was like, I do not like this guy. He's my coach. And, you know, Will Smith, he just – Will Smith didn't care. He was like, hey, I don't care who was my coach. It could be freaking the president. Like, I'm, I'm playing. But, like, Bobby, he was Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. So, he was, you know, just a little – too much on the gas pedal, you know, with guys. And I think that just kind of rubbed guys the long way. But I, I think it, it was a good learning experience for Coach O. I think you learned that, hey, man, I'm better I'm better suited to be at the college level where I can kind of grab the attention of a 17, 18-year-old kid and really uh, get the most out of them. Where you have – in the NFL, everyone's there not because they're, they're, they're talented. They're, we're all there because we're intrinsically motivated. We don't need any extra motivation, right? So, you know, when you get a coach, it's like really like uh, – you know, right on the jab you all the time and push on you and poke and prod you all the time. You're going to push guys away versus pull guys in, right? So, love Coach O, man. Well, we definitely appreciate him here. I know that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. He's, it's, that, this year was so he's, fun. He's, he's, he's now a, yeah, yeah, but he's not a statue of himself out there. Seriously. Oh, yeah. Some, I mean, someday. So. Someday. As far him as and Joe. For, yeah. for where we're at right now, I mean, we don't know. LSU has won the last championship in sports. I mean, we may not know yeah. what the next one's going to yeah, be. Yeah, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen. What a way to 100%. go out, I guess. Yeah, just real quick, because you brought up Millsaps, and trust me, that is a tough oh place. God. I actually have two great friends who play tennis there. So I've gone there twice a year for the past three years. First time I went, I went for a football game, and we go to the stadium. My friend's like, hey, this is the football stadium. I'm like, this? This right here? He's like, yeah, man, <laughs> this place is going to be packed. Go there. That's about the high school size. And we yeah. get to yeah. play. After the game, I felt like I was going to get recruited. I'm like, the Saints played on this? And I'm like, this is this is unreal. And it was only 95 degrees that day, so I was fine. It wasn't 120. Yeah. And we were just throwing the ball around there, and I think the Millsaps coach came up to me and wanted me to play, but I said no. Uh, so oh. I'm surprised. <laughs> So I'm surprised that you, the Saints, actually played there. I still can't believe it. Oh yeah, so, we I, we played there. I mean, we walked down that hill to go, or you had to walk up the hill to go up to yep. the top field, the grass field. I mean, it was man. I remember every day just being like, "This is 
ridiculous. You never got I to remember, experience I the remember, green fire. I remember, no, no. That was, no, hey, that was bed never. and breakfast. Bed and breakfast. And I heard, and, you know, training camp today is bed and breakfast, period. But I tell people, I tell guys all the time, because I, I, I do the uniform inspecting for the Rams every for all the home games here in L.A. And I talk to the Rams players all the time. I'm like, you guys couldn't even last a hiccup or if you guys couldn't last a second you know, doing training camp, how we did it back in the day. Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, two or twice a day, full pads. I mean, yeah. nowadays, one a day, you can't hit any pads in consecutive days. I remember getting being at, at Millsaps, 8.50 a.m. to 11 o'clock, back on the field at, like, 2 o'clock. And it was full pads again, yeah. nine on seven, just beating the car of each other. I remember about this third week in the whole locker room was like, we're not going out. Like Vegeta, everybody's like, we're not going out. <laughs> like we were going to have like this big revolt. And then lo and behold, we go out and they had a bunch of buses out there for us. They took us to a water park. Yeah. And, uh, otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, I remember that. They were going to lose us. They were, they were going to lose <laughs> They were going to lose us. They really were, man. We were like, this is ridiculous. It's like three <laughs> weeks straight. Full we're not pads. going out there. <laughs> we're not going out. I mean, we, we all, we all, Fajita like, was walking around and saying, hey, we're not going out. We're not going out. No one's going out. Just staying here. And we ended up all having to go out. And we were pleasantly surprised. But I remember Ernie Conwell saying, this is what it was like with Dick Vermeil. You know, my first year with Dick Vermeil, we had grown men walk off the field and get in the car and go home. Like, Dick Vermeil, you know, that was three practices a day in full pads. I said, That is, is crazy. We're pretty close to it with 128 degree heat index and guys' cleats melting. But yeah, Millsaps, I'll never, I'll never yeah. forget those three, three what? years. Did it, did it lighten up? He got a, it got a little bit better. Oh, 08 was a little bit better the last year we were there, but 06 was just, you know, 08, he brings in Kenny Chesney for practice. And Kenny Chesney, they give him a jersey. Kenny Chesney's about, about this big, you know, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's a, just a little five foot dude and he's in there sweating and huffing and puffing. I'm looking at him like, you have no idea, dude. Like, you know what? I know you got to be in shape to sing, sing in front of a bunch of fans on, on the stage, but you have no idea. But yeah, it got a little bit better. But that, we, that's when I think they, we got wind that they were, that was our last year going there. But I mean, I, I mean, I think a lot of guys lost some years on their lives going those through those three years. And definitely a lot. I know I lost some years on my career because of it. Because it, I mean, I, you come out of that training camp you just you're just so beat up there's nothing you can do you get acupuncture you can take all your aminos you can take all your protein and your body's just not able to to, to come back it takes it takes probably a little bit longer now they're getting so. snow cones they've got the freezer oh my Lord. music music playing yeah, the freezer they, yeah music they, they, playing they, they, they've got the walk-in i would have died to have music. i would have <laughs> loved to have music playing during the day it just gives you some motivation you just all you would hear is like the birds chirping like and you'd see like the heat waves on the field in the distance because it's like oh man this is great i'm glad to be out here one more time again you know and there's no nothing to motivate you you just got to get up and go which you did but now they got music playing i don't even think they stretch anymore you know i think they just jump around and dance in the, in yeah the while the music's <laughs> playing that's right yeah that's, i do that's 100 yeah chargers. i go to training camp the, every year the i watch it. the chargers chargers saints oh here they were doing that i told <laughs> freddie i told freddie mcafee i'm like this is ridiculous like <laughs> Are you serious? You're like, oh, yeah. man, watch, watch chains since our days. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. With the current Saints, obviously the last three years have taken years off my life. Every Saints fan's life, yeah, especially 18. Uh, 2018 was devastating. Um, it was. Well, 17 was pretty bad, too, but I think 18 was something that they couldn't control. No. What are your thoughts on the interference rule this year that got put in? Obviously, waste of time. I thought so too because it didn't look like they were going to overturn anything. It just beca- it becomes the, my biggest problem with it in the beginning was it's, be- it's going to become too subjective. Where it's, it's gonna, you're going to look at there's pass as you guys know there's pass interference on almost every play pretty much. There's always some hand fighting. There's always some grabbing of the jersey on both sides, the receiver and the, and the DB. So it's like what do you? I didn't, didn't get that. And then I just read a report I think today that they're uh, it sounds like they're going to yeah. they're going to get rid of it. Yeah. They're doing away with it. And now they're going to talk about getting like this sky judge thing, and that might help. I just I wasn't a big fan of it. I understand why they did it because it was to complete damage control of the league office after that blatantly. Pass interference uh, in the NFC Championship game against the Rams. I mean, I, that still just blows my mind how that call was never made. I don't know what they can do with that. It's just, I think, you know, that's the, that's probably the tough part in today's age that we're in with social media. Everything can be talked about instantly on Twitter and all these things. And it, I think it be, makes people in, insecure. It makes the league office insecure. Like, oh, everyone's going to talk about this play. And this, you know, even fines for players that get fined. 
I don't even think the league office sees half the fines until they read the articles the next day. Oh, this guy's saying this guy he had a bad hit on somebody. Oh, we better check the film. You know, so you, you, it's just it, it's a day and age that we're in, man. It's just unfortunately you can't can't make anything perfect. Just you just gotta go with what it, with, with the way it is. I think getting rid of it would be the best option, yeah. though. Yeah, I think the most frustrating thing with me is and you just want consistency. You know, you see. Yeah. You see yeah. that, and then, okay. This year got, was pretty bad. It was yeah. Bad with, regarding that, it was pretty bad this year. Because you look at the play that ended our season. Okay, they don't call it on Kyle Rudolph. You probably could have called it. But then you've got the play in the Super Bowl where they call the one on George Kittle. Well, that one didn't look near as bad as the one on Kyle Rudolph. But, like, we're calling this no. one. It's just – it's frustrating because the inconsistency, and it feels like as a Saints fan, you watch these other games, they could call some, and they don't get called, and then there's a little bit of something here. Like Michael Thomas will run around, and guy's in his way, and they, he gets two interference calls. Michael Thomas has more OPIs than PIs against him. It's stuff, it's stuff like that. And the Saints are, I think, yeah. the least team that benefits from a first down on a pass interference call in the league. I don't know why that is. That blows my mind. Uh, but I think they've had the least pass interference calls for them to result in the first down. He said, you're not a big conspiracy guy. I'm not a big yeah, conspiracy guy. But I know, but it does make you wonder. You know, I don't know. I don't. Goodell's a he's a tricky character because, you know, you think about it. What, 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 did, what did he just recently say in the last few weeks? If any team continues to talk about what we're going to do about the draft, I'm going to find you. Something like, yeah. like that, right? Yeah, he was getting like- mad like. Mickey Loomis came out, a couple other GMs came out saying, hey, we need to uh, move the draft or do something about the draft. And then he comes, then Goodell comes out with, you know, a letter to all the teams stating that if you say anything in public about this again, you, you'll be subject to a fine. I think he's on a power trip, man. I really do. I think it's all about power for him. The whole bounty thing in regard to the Saints, I think he probably still has that he's hanging on to. I don't know what it is. Maybe him and Sean have butted heads behind closed doors. He wants to prove to Sean that he's the man. I I, I don't know, but I do agree that it does seem a bit bit fishy that, Mm -hmm. you know, some of these things have happened in the last few years to the Saints and continue to happen. And I just wonder if that's what it is. You know what I mean? And if you don't get on Goodell's bad side, you're going to be okay. If you do, then you're <laughs> going to be in trouble. You're going to be paying for it. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know, but well, it definitely does feel that way, doesn't it? It checks it out for me, so that's what I'm going with. Yeah. It's frustrating because, I mean, like I said, all you want is consistency, and then we don't get it. Like, I get this is a $9 billion business. It just shoot, cons- to be 20 here. Yeah, yeah, be consistent. You know? Yeah. And we've got the technology to make stuff right. You know, people say, oh, it'll take forever. I don't care how long stuff takes as long as it's right. Just get it right. Yeah. You know? I miss Paul Tagliabue. I do, too. He was a great commissioner. He was great. He was the best. I don't think the one we have in there now is very good, but that's just my no, opinion. No, I, I, I agree. I, agree. I think most I mean, of the league I, would I, agree. I've had my – yeah, I – as a former player, I would have to agree. There's a lot of things I don't like about it either. At the end of the day, though, guys, he works for the owners. I mean, he, they, they pay his salary. That's true. You know? And so the owners take a little bit of credit for, for that, too. I mean, they could easily get rid of him and get someone else in there. But they obviously don't because he's a good company man. I mean, he's yeah. able to sign and doing doing what, the, what they want as well. So. Yes, uh, so speaking of owners, Mr. B passed yeah, away. That was tough. What were some of your favorite memories of him? You know, my favorite memory of Mr. Benson is when we were in San Antonio. We were getting ready to go to Carolina to play week one. And Mr. B shows up, which was very rare at times, you know, especially th- during that time. But uh, Mr. B shows up and he had something to say. You know, practice is over and he gives us a little bit of a speech. You know, he, he ends up saying something like, tough times don't last long, but tough people do. And he said, we it, we it, boys. And so we had shirts made that said, we it, after that and I thought it was it was just kind of cool you know during that time that he was just letting us know that hey you know I'm gonna be here to support you guys and you know take care of you and help make sure all your families are good and you know whatever I gotta do in his in his way you know Mr. Benson was a little you know he had his weird way about himself how he went about things I used to always run into him sauna because <laughs> i'd go in late sometimes especially the night before weigh-ins and try to cut some pounds before especially late in the year and he'd be in there late in the sauna it, it, it was always awkward but hey, mr b how you doing how you doing mike you're just kind of hanging you're just kind of walking around no it, it was a pleasure pleasure playing for him when he was the owner he's always good to me always nice to me and my family so sad is sad that, that he passed but uh, i know gail is going to continue on and do well but we it do you still have that shirt I think I do. I have to dig through the. I have to dig through the bins. It was funny. We had, we had shirts made. We it. 
you know <laughs> we he's just basically saying like no one else is gonna help us you know it's just us type of deal so we're gonna have to make it right the jari evans story i guess i'll get you oh, out, yeah, out of here on this evans, man i mean every time i hear jari evans name i think it's just i think it's a story and it, it's it's not a really big story but it's you know he be, he's become like now a potential hall of famer you know i, I think yeah. he's a all decade team yeah he's on the all decade team he's gonna be in the hall of fame and he's you know, he's he was who's the guard for the cowboys that just went in a few years ago Larry, Larry um, Allen. Larry Allen. He's a Larry Allen of my time. I mean, he, he was that dominant as a guard. But, you know, every time I see Jari's name, Paul, I just, I just giggle because he came out of a small school and we had post-draft, we had a mini camp, rookies and vets. And we were working, uh, we, we were just in helmets and jerseys, but we we're working the backs back when we had real, real wedges. A kickoff return and uh, we had three and four man wedges and so i was the way i was the guy that set the wedge so i was the guy that was supposed to get everybody over to where the ball was get you know 10 yards apart from the returner and then say go when it was time to go and grab hands and the two ends would come and so we're working this drill and he was wearing eyeglasses ironing his helmet <laughs> these like <laughs> like old school like black you know like black eyeglasses on his helmet and so in my mind i'm going who the hell did we just draft like who is this guy like what is he doing you know he's big he, you know he looked apart but you're going what is this guy doing and so we're working this drill and it's like rapid fire like they got the ball and the jugs machine they're pumping them out and we're you know it's like next next group up and i was always the first guy group going with the, the stars that were up that were doing it and he came over to me i don't know how many times during that drill pushing his his finger through his like face doing this to his glasses oh like, no uh, hey 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 mike uh, did I do that? Did I do that right? Did, did I do that good? <laughs> How was my depth? Was I was I was I at the, at the right depth? And I'm like, buddy, bud, like you're doing just fine, man. Just take a deep breath, like just sweating, you know. And I'm just kind of, and it's making me laugh because here I am in my third year. He's in his rookie year. Like I totally remember being that guy, like just totally <laughs> nervous, like wide eyed. But here's Jari Evans, like, hey, did, hey, hey, Mike, did I, did I do that right? Was, it, was that was that a good was that a, was my depth good did I get there fast enough but you know a few times I would just show like nah I think you could have been a little bit more to the right you could have been a little more you know this and that but but here he is and they all you know decade team and hall of famer I mean it's just it's so funny to, to think of think back at that I mean because I'm not gonna lie at that point I was like this kidding I mean I'm literally going this guy is not gonna make it. this guy's gonna be probably on a cut list I mean that was that was my mind that was what I thought then I was like this there's just no way this guy is gonna make it lo and behold thank god I know in most of the media guides he took the his picture with his glasses on so all the time like he had them on imagine him imagine him with his helmet and he on wore with those him. with with his helmet that's that. yes in this in the first mini camp and I'm going who the hell is this guy like what are we doing you know what I mean and like this guy's not gonna make it and then yeah Bloomsburg yeah yeah Bloomsburg you know like get this guy to Bloomsburg what the hell is it where's that yeah what's a Bloomsburg but the guy ended up being a phenomenal player and one of the greats of all time he's awesome I love love Jerry God, he was awesome. He was one of my so, favorites. Like, I agree. He's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he should be. Yeah. If you go back and watch tape of him, he was dominating guys. I mean, he was finishing guys. His rookie year in 06, I still have clips of my stuff that I kept. I mean, he, he's, killing, he's killing people. You could I mean, see in the game against he's Atlanta. He's a rookie. Yeah. I mean, he's killing people. He's just manhandling people. He had some untapped power and unbelievable playing strength. You know, most guys in the weight room can take their, their strength to the field. Some guys can't. You know, there's some there's guys I could see could bench 500 and then go on the field and couldn't do anything on the field. But, but he had unbelievable power and, and untapped strength that he could use on the field that he would just he – would, he would really maul people, you know. And he was doing it as a rookie. So that only tells you what was to come. But If Mike Carney was general manager, he wouldn't have been that. <laughs> no, he wouldn't have Based on the look, yeah. Yeah, he'd have turned the, he'd this have, guy out of here. I need your playbook, sir. Come yeah, on but, in. <laughs> uh, but I knew he was staying because, you know, Sean drafted him. I mean, he's not going to let this guy go. He drafted him. And, and then I had watched him in practice, you know, when he was on, when he was actually playing at guard. Like, you know, this kid can play. But but during that time, I'm like, is this guy? Get him out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Get this man some contacts. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That ain't it. Exactly. That ain't it. Yeah. That's no. <laughs> not man. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, again, I appreciate it. This has been awesome. Yeah, man. It's been a lot of fun, guys. Anytime. Let me know if you guys need anything. Else. Absolutely. I'd love to have you on again. Be safe over there. Likewise. Go eat, go eat something good. I guess we'll see you when we see you, man. I appreciate it. You guys take care, man. Be safe. Stay All healthy. Right. Thank you, Mike. Thank I you. Right, man. you bet, guys. Nice meeting you. Take yeah, care. Yeah, same to you, man. Thanks, buddy. I can't thank Mike enough for being on with us. We really hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to hear more episodes of The Hodges Huddle, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more. Thanks for listening to The Hodges Huddle Podcast, and we will see you next time.